looking round, I finally see I think I need a change The rat race I want to flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free It's a Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. Glad you're joining us today. Uh, what's going on, Rachel? How you How you doing? I'm doing good. I am getting more snow, so yeah. I, yeah. I keep thinking to myself, I can start my seeds soon, and and we're gonna melt soon, and we're gonna start having spring. And nope, nope. Completely <laughs> different story here in Indiana. Normally, we'd be. You know, still having tons of cold weather, but it has been very unseasonably warm. And I kept waiting for, I just keep waiting for it to end. And it just, you know, like today it's supposed to be 68 degrees. So, I, I mean, it's been going on for several days now, a couple of weeks now, and just unseasonably warm. We'll get a cold night here and there below freezing, but it's been, it's been really warm here. So, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but I'm also worried about it a little bit. Yeah. It's a little concerning <laughs> with like trees and yeah. garlic and... It's it's made some ways for me to get a lot of things done that I normally wouldn't be getting done this early or this easily, like pruning trees and things. Right. But the trees are budding, you know, Yikes. a lot, and it's got me a little bit worried. Like I mentioned in the last uh, podcast we did together about the garlic is up. I think that was a Patreon podcast. Yeah. Uh, the garlic is is several inches up, and, and I'm like, I don't know. It makes me so a little worried. So this is like a month early for you? Yeah. Probably. So if it go, if yeah. we end up with a really cold, cold, like, you know, well below freezing week or something, it's, I'd see some bad things happening with, with some of the plants and trees yeah. and things, you know, so. And trees, it's like, you can go out there with a blanket and cover plants. Kind of yeah. hard to do with trees. <laughs> right. I, I just, I'm at the point where I just ain't worried about it. It's, it's going to do what it's going to do. And I'm not going to yeah. go too far out of my way to try to fix the problem, but we'll see what happens. I don't know, but I have been able to work comfortably outside doing some things like the tree pruning and stuff and getting seeds started. I've been setting things outside on tables in the sunlight, you know, just. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's been great. What, what, what kind of things you been doing around your homestead? Um, mostly I have started seeds. I have, um, started some lettuce and some celery. The lettuce, I'm hoping if the ground will actually melt that I can put them outside under hoops a little bit. It'll be a little oh, while, but yeah, yeah. You should smell yeah. on the ground right now. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. But, um, I have figs. So I thought I could keep my figs in dormancy if they were in the basement and I had big black bags over them trying to keep the light out of them. But, um, mm -hmm. I went down there sometime last week and I see this leaf poking out of the black bag. So <laughs> I have moved them back into the sunlight in a room and um, I guess they're out of dormancy. Wow. <laughs> they said, a little we're, earlier we're than what you wanted. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's a little earlier than I wanted. However, our year is so short up here. Last year, I did get a couple of figs, but they never had time to ripen and get big enough because of where we're at. So maybe this year since they yeah, I ate early. I ate a couple off my tree last yeah. year. I planted it in the spring and now in the fall I ate a couple figs off of it. So That's great. I'm excited to see what this year brings with that tree. Hopefully it'll put out a few and 
it definitely uh, grew quite a bit in one year. I'm excited to see how I didn't it prune it. It is crazy uh, how much they grow. Yeah. And so many people talk about like taking them to the ground so they become more bushy and things. And I didn't do anything to it the first year. I just let it go. And I didn't I really, either, yeah. My first year growing figs, I don't really know a lot. I mean, there's, I've seen it both ways. Some people, you know, let them grow kind of like more of a tree form yeah. and other people like to turn them into more of a bush. And it seems like that is more common. Like people are just yeah, I've seen both them too. and let them growing into to a bush form. They say you get more figs that way. And that, that might sense. be what I do um, after this year. But that first year, I kind of just wanted to let it get established because mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm on the border of, of maybe having those I mean, you're obviously growing yeah mine there, are in so. big pots i have them in 25 yeah and pots. mine mine is in the ground outside so but i guess i'm you know it's you're supposed to be able to grow them here as mild as a winter we've had this year i i, I think it probably did fine oh yeah yeah we did have a really really cold spell there though um i don't know we'll just see i i kind of just it was kind of an experiment for me and it's Something that I just wanted to see if I. Yeah, same for going. me. I bought mine at your local, at just at our local grocery store. They were on clearance. And I'm like, nah. I actually so, bought mine from um, uh, Stark Brothers. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll see what happens with these. I'd like to put them outside, but I don't think they would live here, let alone is, at is our yours property. the Chicago? Yeah, they're the fig. Chicago. Yeah, that's what things, mine is too. Which yeah. I think they're hardy to, is it zone six? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which I'm not even, yeah. I'm five and four. Right. So, um, but well, give us something to talk about later. We'll see how they do. Yeah, we'll see. I was going to prune <laughs> them more, and um, apparently I'm not now. So I didn't prune <laughs> them. I was. It was one of those things. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then they got tucked away in the basement, and I forgot about it. And I thought I had time. Well, I do want to. <laughs> I do want to cut them back and maybe encompass them because, from what I understand, they're very easy to propagate more from the cuttings. Yeah. So, um, I would like to to experiment with that and see if I can't expand that and get more of them, you know, or even try some. Well, and I was also thinking if I coppiced them and had them lower, more like bushes, they would be easier for me to protect mm -hmm. like with straw and stuff like that. But we'll, I think we're just going to have to keep them inside for now. Yeah. That's where you're at, I, I, that's probably how you're going to have to grow them and just keep them cut down to a, a bush in a pot. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mind doing that. I actually like having indoor plants, especially in the winter. It's so long up here. It's nice to look and see something green. <laughs> right. Kind of the reason I have a greenhouse <laughs> I'm out there. Exactly. I, boy, the elderberry in my greenhouse. I, you know, I have all those cuttings. I still have some in the aquaponic system, but I potted up a bunch and I have them in the greenhouse too. And wow, they are growing like crazy. I pulled one That's out awesome. a couple of days ago. I was looking at the root ball on that thing and it was just massive ball of roots on it. I was just, it's amazing. I actually was, uh, uh, been helping a lady put together, uh, an aquaponics. Oh yeah. You told and, me about um, that. Yeah. And, uh, so I've been out there kind of going, I've been using mine as a guide, talking her through it. We did a video call and I was kind of trying to help her, uh, for the, it's different because she's building it indoors. I used to have that system set up indoors, but I moved it to the greenhouse and kind of changed it a lot. And, um, so I'm kind of trying to describe how it's supposed to be for her indoor setup and i've been walking through it but I, it's it's made me pay a lot more attention to that aquaponic system here lately about how it's designed and working and and like i said i was going through it showing stuff to her uh, showing her some of the things in it and um yeah this, those elderberry are just doing amazing <laughs> in that thing that's it's great it is to me the number one benefit to having an aquaponic system is rooting the cuttings because they just do um, amazing so yeah. Well, anyway, today we're going to talk about, uh, this is kind of funny because we're going to talk about, um, 
tree pruning basics, and we're going to talk about the tools and the kind of tips and techniques to, to pruning your trees. Um, we actually did this podcast a couple months ago in the Patreon group, yeah. uh, but we felt like it was something that we wanted to talk about on the on the public podcast more than just the Patreon group, even though. I feel like we're kind of ripping off the Patreon people here a little bit because they're going to get our podcast on on tree pruning basics. But it's just really important. And I, I think there's a lot to to say about it. And I think it's, it's just a really helpful podcast. Um, it's just something we need to do as homesteaders. We need to prune our fruit trees. And um, and there are, there are some techniques to it and some things we can talk about that I think will be helpful for folks. So we wanted to cover yeah. it on, the, on this podcast as well. But uh, we'll just jump right into it about the importance of it. Uh, when you prune your fruit trees, it, it's really helpful in a lot of ways. It does a lot of things. Um, it will help with air circulation. It will help with um, actually fruit production. Uh, yeah. It will, and, and because you're getting better, better air circulation and, and whatnot, it'll, it'll help with uh, disease control. Um, it's just, just a lot of benefits to pruning. It'll keep the trees down to where you can harvest from them more conveniently, which we'll talk a little bit more. That's been a big goal of mine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of a big thing. That's a big thing for me because I was just talking about how I just pruned a lot of my trees. I think I only have three trees left on the property I need to prune, which are my apple trees. But my pear trees were the things I was most concerned about getting pruned because I didn't prune those last couple of years. And they were huge. Like they were up there like 35 plus feet. And I amazing. topped them, uh, which we'll talk about what that means here in a little bit. But I actually topped them down to about 15 feet. Oh, um, wow. You took quite a bit down. Yes. I, I was really aggressive with them. And I got the extension ladder out there and I sold them down. And I took down some big old chunks of tree. <laughs> but, yeah, wow. I did. I brought them way down. And um, so, yeah, I mean, because I really couldn't even reach the fruit anymore. Uh, right. I have a yeah. pole, uh, one of them poles with a basket on the end. And um, I think I was able to get up about 20, the pole was 20 feet. So I, with arm extension, I could probably get up, you know, close to 30, like 28 feet or something like that. But I reached my arms up and grabbing, and I couldn't reach a lot of the fruit at the top of those trees with that basket. So um, I wanted to get them down there where I could actually get the fruit, you know? Right. So, yeah, I kind of experienced that. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to prune your, your fruit trees and, um, and so we're going to talk about kind of the best way to do that today. Yeah. And we're, we'll start well, with the kind of the tools like, you need. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. I was going to say that um, you're a lot more experienced on this. You have a lot more trees than I do. And I just started doing it a couple of years ago. So I um, I don't know as much as you do. But Well, I think, well, yeah, it's I don't think it's that complicated. I mean, you're, you're no. you know, no. it's just there's some basics that will make it so you don't basically you're going to give your tree the best opportunity to provide fruit for you. You're the most of the trick is being selective on what limbs that you remove. Right. And we'll talk a little bit about the choices you're going to make and why you'll make those choices here in a few minutes. But there are some basic tools you need. Uh, yeah. You don't need all this stuff we're going to talk about, but some of this stuff is really nice to have if you're going to prune your trees. And the number one thing you're going to need is some pruning shears. And uh, those are great, especially if you've kept up with your trees. And right. So, cause those are great for keeping the small limbs out. You're going to use those on probably, you know, three quarters of an inch or smaller. You're going to be able to snip them with a, uh, with some pruning shears. Maybe. Yeah, and for me, I that's can. been ideal because it's a lot easier to do it when you're just using your hand. 
Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's that. a lot quicker and easier and yeah. you're keeping things uh, a little bit better. Now, if you're letting your trees get a little bit higher and the limbs get a little bit bigger, which most, some of mine are, I mean, some of my trees are, even the ones I'm keeping cut down, it's like 15 feet, you know, which I like, right. you know, if I can reach them with my basket, 15 to 20 feet, I can still, hit, you know, that's a good size for, for me with the basket that I have for collecting fruit. Um, but uh, some loppers are nice, some extended loppers. Mine actually have the handles that slide out, like you can twist them and pull them out and they get out there pretty good. Um, they, uh, I don't know, they extend about another three feet beyond the handles. Oh, wow. So they're like six, you know, probably six feet, uh, probably five feet handles. I mean, they get pretty long. Those are really long. Yeah. I and they're nice because they give you a little extra leverage too, when you're cutting the uh, limbs. So they actually cut oh my pretty gosh. easy. Sometimes some of those limbs, man, you're just like. <laughs> yeah. I've actually broke the blades on them and had to replace the blades in them because you get so much leverage. You can actually snap the blades if you try to take too big of a limb. Wow. Uh, like leverage wise, you could cut it. It's just the blades can't take it. You can actually just take on too much with them. Um, but yeah, you'll want a good set of loppers too. Uh, you actually have a pole saw, electric pole saw. I have saw, a pole chainsaw. Pole yeah. chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a hand pole. We have a hand yeah. pole saw. You got the ones now, that have I, like the, like, like it's like a hand saw, but it's on a pole. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. at the bottom of it, there's like, you can use for like a lopper. Now I will okay, say, yeah. um, for me, I'm not very tall and I'm not incredibly strong anymore. Those are actually pretty difficult to use. And that's why we bought the pole chainsaw. It's easier yeah. for me to. And it's a, an electric body it's an battery electric operated one. Yep. one? Yeah, it's okay. a, one of those um, Ryobi's. Okay. With the battery. It's yeah. Just those small. Are nice. It's just small, yeah. but it, it has a pretty long pole. But um, because some of this stuff, it, it gets hard to do it. It's, mm -hmm. this is why homesteading is a workout tree pruning can yeah. be a workout in and of itself right because my but, arms are usually pretty sore after i do a lot of it i actually don't have a pole saw i have chainsaw now you can use okay. chainsaws if you've got big trees and you're gonna have to take some big limbs a chainsaw yep. is what you might have to break out now when i cut my um pear trees this last week uh those that where i cut it it was actually about six yeah. inches in diameter so it was big enough right you know, would have needed a chainsaw probably. But what I did instead was I have a, um, and I, this isn't even on the list, but it worked really well was I used a, uh, um, reciprocating saw. saw. Sawzall. Yeah. Yeah. Sawzall. And that worked out really well. I got a pair with that. Cause that I didn't feel work, like dragging yeah. out the chainsaw for that. And that worked, that actually worked really, really nice. It, it did a good job. So we could probably put that on the list too. It makes it, it works really well. Um, so you yeah. can use that or a chainsaw or you Yeah, we have saws. we have big chainsaws too. We have a couple of different sizes. We usually I let my husband use those. <laughs> <laughs> I would I like a small one for myself I got, that I can use. I have a whole bunch of like you can probably I don't know, I can pull my sleeve up here. You could probably see it. I got all kinds of scratches and cuts and yeah. pokes on my arm. So Maybe you yep. want to think about some safety issues when you're right, cutting trees because sure. there's a lot of sharp branches. And when you get high up like that on a ladder, there's some danger. So a ladder is something you might want to have. You either step ladder. I had to get an extension ladder on mine because it was so tall. I had to really get up there high. Yeah. So, you know, you need a good ladder. But I almost gouged an eye out while I was Definitely. Yeah, so some safety glasses are, are nice. Necessary. Um, yeah. Uh, and I wasn't wearing any and I, uh, I did poke myself right in the corner of the eye and almost got my eyeball. Were you wearing your so, regular glasses? No, I wasn't. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I wasn't wearing no glasses at all. And, uh, yeah, I just about took an eye out. So, uh, uh need to use my own yeah. advice there and wear some safety glasses yeah. when you're doing something like that. Uh, you can even go a lot further. If you're doing some heavy, big jobs 
and you're breaking out the chainsaws and like you're at your property out there. You're doing a lot of tree cutting. Your husband's out there with the chainsaws actually working. Yeah, we're cutting down we, a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, we've so. had to use the chainsaw. We use um chainsaw chaps. We've yeah, just we know say, that's we have know of too many people that have had issues. And even with myself, I've thought about it because that small little electric chainsaw that I have that's on a pole is top heavy. So when I have it above my head, I actually did have it swing my arm. When you get tired, quit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's another advice. I got tired and I was trying to trim a tree branch and I'm like, oh, I can just, I can keep going. I can keep going. Well, it swung down and it didn't hit me, but it could have yeah. hit me. And it wasn't going still because of the way it's designed. My hand let go of the yeah, handle but still, just the break, safety yeah. yeah just the safety aspect i think it's just it's easier to be safe than to regret that you weren't <laughs> yeah yeah chainsaw chaps are a good idea i i don't have a pair yeah. but i don't glasses. really do a lot of chainsawing but yeah the safety glasses are a real good idea yeah. uh, something i was up there cutting down some pretty big branches and stuff's falling down on my head you know, you could wear a hard hat even. Uh, there was a lot of True. stuff coming down, smacking me in the top of the head on the way down. Nothing was too yeah. big. But if you were doing some big jobs, you know, had big stuff coming down, it could be really dangerous. So, I mean, you just, there's some things there you just want to maybe pay attention to and have if you're going to be doing some, some heavy pruning. Yeah. This isn't even an issue though, if you're keeping your trees pruned pretty short right. all the time. It, 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 you'll, I mean, there's some people who keep their trees like six, seven, eight feet tall. So they got yeah. all the fruit at, at, you know, hand level there where they can pick it. If you're doing that, you're probably a set of loppers and printing shears. are probably all you're going to need um, to keep everything down. Uh, but, you know, thinking about safety, too, it's important to keep your stuff sharp because sharp yes. tools are safer tools. Uh, when yeah. a chainsaw gets dull and you're having to push into it or you're holding it there a lot longer, it causes a lot more fatigue. Um, just hand saws and stuff, if you can get to that branch quicker, there's a safer issue. It's a lot safer. And believe me, you'll want your stuff sharp because it just, it makes the job quicker and easier and less aggravating. And there's nothing more aggravating than sitting there trying to cut through something with a, cha a dull chainsaw. And it's producing more smoke than it is sawdust because <laughs> it's just sitting there spinning. <laughs> Right. Um, that happens. Uh, but have a have a first aid kit on hand because you you will more than likely get some scrapes and cuts and things like that if you're doing a lot of this work. It just happens. I was out there just for you know a few hours doing it and I had blood. <laughs> you know, there was I know there was it's <laughs> every it is. It's it's unfortunately part of homesteading. The small scratches, hopefully yes, that's yes. all you but ever get. Nothing nothing big, sometimes but yeah. Something more happens. And, Just have you know, some band-aids on hand because it, it's likely. Some band-aids you know. and some hydrogen peroxide. And But I will say this, too. If you're up on a ladder, uh, don't do what I did. Uh, and that is uh, <laughs> make sure maybe somebody else is around. Because if you do fall off of a ladder and yes. there's nobody, and you get knocked out or you're hurt really bad, uh, it's nice to have somebody else around. I was here all by myself doing it because I'm not a smart man. <laughs> um <laughs> That's that is our ladder. rule. We have that rule that um, there's no getting on roofs and no using chainsaws when it, you're all home. Home. You, all you see the memes all the time of why women outlive men. <laughs> oh, I smart. I could make one of my husband painting our stairwell. I actually yeah. sent the picture to our kids, and I was like, "This is why women live longer." Yeah, they they definitely yep. uh, are the smarter of the sexes for sure. <laughs> but uh, we do a lot of things that we probably shouldn't do on on, on occasion. Anyway, 
Well, that said, I'm known to climb our apple trees to prune them, and my kids yeah. think it's crazy. So. And, and something else you added to this list of things you might want, uh, and we actually didn't mention this in the podcast we did we last didn't. time. We didn't. But uh, I, did, I started doing this actually in just normal gardening, not pruning trees, but then I've also done it when I'm pruning trees is uh, have a spray to keep your pruners disinfected. Yeah, between uh, between trees and cuts, I it was something we discussed because I'm have. I can't remember exactly how we started it, but I have some issues on some of my trees with. Um, I think yes. we were talking about tomatoes. That's how, how when I started first started it. doing it was with blight yeah. on tomatoes because I didn't want to spread the blight. When I'd be pruning my tomatoes, I would always um, have a. You can use an alcohol um, solution, or you can use hydro, hydrogen peroxide spray. And you can just kind right. of disinfect your pruners um, before you go to the next plant or whatever, because you don't want to spread for is something like blight in, on your tomato plants. But with trees, it, it's that it's there's applicable. Funguses well, and yeah, everything. there's all yeah. kinds of things you can transfer from tree to tree to tree. You don't want to do that. So you want to at least um, at least on tree to tree, you'd want to clean them. Uh, but some would even say from branch to branch, you'd want to clean them. If, if you if you have obvious uh, disease issues, I would say, yes, do that. If you don't, probably just treat a tree is fine. Clean them before you go to the next tree. Man, I have this one apple tree. That would be a lot of work because yeah. I have one apple tree. I prune it every year, and that thing just puts out so many brand, new branches every year that I have to prune. Yeah. It, but, I mean, you do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, keeping those cleaned off so you don't spread disease. But those are just some basic things you will you might want to look into getting. You'll definitely need a couple of those things. But uh, some of those tools make it a lot easier and some of those things you definitely want to consider um, before you start your pruning. When to prune. Let's talk a little bit about that. Normally, with most trees, deciduous trees, you want to prune when they're dormant. There is some debate on that. Some people think you can actually or think it's okay to probably prune year round in some trees it's absolutely okay i got a mulberry yeah, tree trees. i could cut that thing into the ground three times through the summer and it would pop back um some trees don't care some trees are, right. are more sensitive to that and you but most trees that you can prune aggressively are fine or really do well uh, to prune them in the when they're dormant so in the winter time late fall up to early spring when they're dormant very late yeah. fall to very early spring. I'll say it that way. Um, like I said, I just prune mine. Yeah, and dormant, like there's no leaves on them and they're not budding out is the best yes. time to. Yeah. Some of the exceptions would be trees that bleed aggressively because that's when they bleed the most. Yeah, uh, willow, true. maple, because, I mean, you think about maple trees. Right, when this you're is maple trees. sugar season. Yeah, yeah so that's not the time you'd want to prune those trees if you're going to prune them. Now, generally we're thinking more, if you're, if you're growing maple trees for syrup, you're probably not pruning them unless there's branches that are dead or dangerous right. or something yeah. like that. It's probably not because you're trying to shape, you know, trying to prune yeah, them. Yeah. In general, those ones don't need pruning to produce their right. product. Yeah. And, and things like willow, you're probably growing it more for coppice, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, which yeah. means you cut it clear to the ground anyway, and it's more of a bush form and you're using the wood. So cutting it in the you know in the summertime is fine for that. Um, so yeah, there, there are some exceptions to that, but with most of your fruit trees, especially, uh, it's been my experience that when they're dormant, works very well. It's the best time to do yeah, it. Yeah, I usually prune this time of year and we have um we have apple and mulberry. We used to have nectarine or not at peach trees mm -hmm. which died, but um 
we've always pruned this time of year and our apples, we get tons of apples. So yeah. it seems well, to work. This is the part everybody's interested in pruning, the actual pruning. <laughs> yeah. There's several things to consider uh, when you're pruning uh, and ways to go about it. But you're, you're, what you're trying to do is, is thin the crown. Uh, now you explain what the crown is. The crown, the crown is, is the, basically your bushy part of your tree. Yeah, the part above the ground. You, yeah, yep. it's it's the part where the the branch. It's all the branches. It's the whole thing basically, and you want to thin that. And I, I mentioned earlier some of the reasons you want to thin that is for better airflow. Yeah. That will give you less disease issue, better fruit production. Um, it's just like tomato plants. We we've talked about it before with tomato yeah, plants. We prune- less leaves sometimes means more fruit, right? <laughs> so yep. um, you don't want it putting all of its energy into branch growth and leaf growth. You want most of that yeah. energy to grow into go into the fruit production so right and less leaves also mean like more airflow like with tomatoes with blights and stuff like yes. that you want airflow yeah. the same with the the apple trees yep you want to open them up and you want to thin them out and just and, and and you're wanting to get rid of branches that and we'll talk about some of the branches you want to get rid of because you'll start with those oh you are going to look for an overall shape but the things you want to remove first are removing dead branches Get those out of the way. They have no use. And you can tell when a branch is dead. You can kind of snap it. They'll look different color usually. You can kind of tell when they're dead. Um, Usually you can't mistake it. Uh, They're they're really dry looking, different color. Go ahead and cut those off. Get them gone. You'll always have a few that just, they're dead. So get rid of those. Um, You're going to want to remove branches that are growing back towards the center of the tree. Yeah. uh, Because those are going to thicken up your crown. And they're going to reduce airflow and they're going to be not as productive and they're going to be harder to actually harvest to because they're in the middle of the tree. Um, so even if they are putting off fruit there, it's going to be a lot harder to, to get to that fruit and just the way they grow. It just makes for an ugly tree, <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah, so yeah. remove those. Um, you'll get a lot of damage sometimes from branches crossing each other. So you'll want to take the, the worst of the two branches that are crossing and remove that one because they can actually damage each other too. They can actually uh, uh, rub against each other and wear spots, kill a branch or fall across it or double the weight sometimes being pushed down on a branch and actually make them yeah. drop down to the ground. Yeah. Apple trees are really bad about that because they get kind of twisty. And I have some that will uh, double up, lay down, and they'll go almost to the ground with the weight. Yeah, you almost, after you've seen several apple trees without leaves on them and apples on them, you start to recognize them because yeah. they got that twisty, Twisted, gnarled. Yeah, twisted up mess, yeah. yeah. And you can prevent a lot of that from some good pruning, but they're still going right. to they're still going to do a lot of that. So, yeah, uh dead branches, branches growing towards the center and uh branches that are crossing each other. You do that, you're going to do most of the pruning that you probably need to do. Yep. Now, yeah. The next thing you're going to probably do is you're going to get an overall shape. If there are any that are just way out of the shape or sticking out in places you don't want to stick out or whatever, you can remove those or you can do what's called heading. Heading is the next thing you're going to do. You're going to cut the tips. Anything that's starting to grow out too far, you head those branches. And what will happen is when you cut those, it will actually create uh, the Y out. Yeah. Yeah. They either send out two or three sometimes uh, branches going out in the other directions. So it'll basically stop growing out and start uh, growing straight out and then kind of bush out at the end. And this will actually produce more. It'll make it look more shapely, but it'll also produce more fruit because it gives more branches that'll actually produce fruit by doing that. 
Um, so you'll do your heading. And usually with me, I just cut the tips. Like I'll keep it. Also, I may be only cutting a couple inches on a lot of those branches. Now, if one's sticking out quite a ways, I might take a foot off of it or something to get it brought it back into shape. But with a lot of them, I'm just t- just taking a couple inches off the Yeah, tip. that's what I do with my smaller trees. Now, my yeah. one tree that grows like crazy that I don't know what it is, I have to do a lot more. But in general, you probably do this too. In general, I usually try to keep it around 25% somewhere yeah. around in there for yeah, yeah. pruning. Yeah. And with some trees, I do a little bit different, like with a yeah. peach tree. I kind of let it spread out a little further because they do really well when the branches are kind of longer and out there and they'll they'll grow way out. It's almost like vines so it gets way out there. I mean, several feet in different directions and you can kind of pick the directions you want it to go. And, uh, instead of growing up, you can make it just grow way oh, out. Oh, wow. And, and it works really well. Yeah. It's a yeah. kind of a, and like and, you and said, with mulberry, I mean, that thing I could, doesn't even ground. matter. 25%. Yeah, we'll, 100%. we'll talk about, <laughs> you know, pollarding yeah. and coppicing, uh, your, your, your mulberries and things are a pretty good way to go. Cause they grow back so aggressively anyway. It's crazy. And you need to know your tree and we can't get into all the different trees, right. uh, uh, fruit trees. Cause they're all a little different on how you might want to prune them. Stone fruits are going to be a little bit different than your right. apple. Well, and if you're in the Southern, like, yeah. And on an island or in zone nine or something, and you're growing tropical fruit, we don't have any experience with growing mangoes. And <laughs> right. but, but some of them, yeah. but, but some of these basic pruning techniques, like removing the yeah. dead branches and the branches they're growing in and crossing each other, that's pretty much across the board because all those right. things are bad for right. any of those trees. It's just the shape of the tree on how it might produce best for you might be different on the different uh, fruiting trees. Um but the next thing you might look at is height reduction. Uh, this is what I had to do to my pear trees. Right. And this is a couple of ways you can reduce your height is, is one just tree topping. Now you'll see that done commercially on trees, especially when they're dealing with uh, the, you'll see companies come in and trees are getting up close to power lines or whatever. Yeah, and you'll see just, these trees getting cut flat yeah. <laughs> and that's called tree yeah. topping. And basically that's what I just did to my, uh, my pear trees. I topped them. I didn't, plard them i just topped them i made them flat but now when those grow back they'll bush out nice they'll look good but they look kind of bad when you first do it because it's just like you just flattened the top yeah. of your tree well and your tree does look kind of naked when you do this when yeah, the leaves fill in you're like okay i didn't <laughs> it won't yeah. look very good when you first do it um but it's a good way to bring that height down and and i do that actually with those pear trees i did that to get the height down because i didn't want they're pretty close to my house and i don't want those trees for several reasons. There's a lot of reasons you want trees to keep trees shorter. One is just the overall stability and health of the tree. If you can just keep those trees a little shorter, it's just healthier for the stability of that tree. Again, those are close to my house. I want these trees stable. I don't want them dropping big heavy branches or till or falling over onto my house. So I want them lower. Um, it can it'll prevent damage from falling limbs because when a tree gets really right. high, if it you get a big windstorm or something. If exactly, a heavy limb yeah. comes down, it can do some damage. Um, in uh, like in the case of my mulberry tree in the backyard, uh, there's actually power lines right over that tree. So I, I actually uh, cut that tree down just to keep it out of the power lines every you know couple times a year actually because it starts getting pretty close to power lines. So that's another re- if they're encroaching on structures or power lines, you might have to cut them down. 
And, uh, and the number one reason though, for height reduction for me with all of my trees is just so I can reach the fruit, right? I want to make so much easier. Yeah. Harvest is this so much more accessible. If you can keep things lower, uh, so much easier. Um, so Yeah. yeah, those are the reasons you would do it. You can do the height reduction in the form of tree topping or pollarding. Like I said, we'll talk about that in a minute or coppicing. If you're thinking all the way to the ground, which again, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Certain trees will do better with that, but yeah. But generally on tree topping, the big thing is you're cutting that main lead, that main right, center that up main to the center. center. You're chopping that and it's just stopping that tree from going any further on that main lead. And yeah. that seems aggressive. Like it was a little bit painful to do that to my pear trees because it was like, this is an aggressive cut, you know, and you're just making that hard cut. But, you know, because I didn't do it when the trees were smaller, it does feel more aggressive when you do that. Um, right. But and this is what you might have to do, even if it's if you're moving into a homestead or taking over somewhere where you they haven't been managed at all. Like you are on your sometimes you have to be yeah with yeah at our property and then when we got this apple tree it was huge we had to Mm -hmm. basically do exactly what you just did with the pear tree yeah because it was brushing up against the house Mm -hmm. it wasn't producing any apples because it was so overgrown yeah right. So, yeah, now it produces a lot of apples and it's probably half the size that it was yeah. before. Yeah. Sometimes it just mentally we think the bigger it gets, the better, but it's not the case for fruit production. I mean, there's just the way yeah. you prune it. It actually can do much better for you if you prune it uh, in the proper ways. So there's just some of the things you'll, uh, as far as like thinning the crown and height reduction, but now we can also talk about crown lifting too. Um, right. Which is bringing trimming the tree branches up the tree to have a little bit yeah there's several taller, reasons for like that. for mowing yeah. under it right low want, limbs you know, can yep. get in the way i mean i have if you're like you said mowing around them or i've walked up next uh, we used to have a uh, a maple tree uh on the uh right next to the street where we parked our cars and uh one of them was hanging down one time in the winter time icy cut my head <laughs> i mean on oh, that wow. thing because uh, yeah. they're just in your way. When you're walking by them, they can cut you or just in your way as far as just working around them and stuff. Like you said, with a lawnmower or whatever. Um, yeah, they it can, can bring in way. sunlight to an area if you need sunlight, like in your garden or mm-hmm. even in a civil pasture where you're growing, trying to grow grass or feed underneath or, or some in, trees. Or in permaculture, you're having yeah. you're you're building your guilds around your tree. Which I seen some folks in the front porch were asking about a little more detail on guilds. We might do an episode here. And yeah, maybe a few that's weeks a great on idea. what yeah. guilds are exactly. Because we talk about guilds all the time, but I don't know if we've really done kind of an in-depth on guilds. So that was a good suggestion. We'll talk about that, maybe do a whole episode on building guilds. It's a difficult one to do because every guild is going to be different. Yeah. Based it on really tree, on based on location, your, your own needs, desires. Your desires. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's kind of difficult, but we can get into a little bit of detail on how to determine that. So that's something we'll talk about later, but yeah, uh, low limbs could definitely affect your, your guilds that you're putting around your tree. Um, So there there's, it's something you think about when you're, when you're pruning. So you're going to take off those ones that are in your way, basically raise them up, take off the low limbs. I just did that on those pear trees as well. I have raised beds that are pretty close to those trees, um, those pear trees. So I wanted to get some of those limbs on the low end. We're starting to reach over and get close to those raised beds where I'm walking, you know, back and forth right. along those yeah. to try to tend to those beds. And they were starting to get in my way. So I cut off a lot of those low limbs. Um, even though they did produce fruit, it's just 
you know what? I'd rather keep that up. So it, I lowered it and raised the crown of that tree, those trees. So to, to get, get it the way I wanted it, shape it the way I wanted it. You can also get uh, sprouts forming at the base of a trunk. Yeah. Um, yeah they'll start I shooting have that every year. all over. I, yep. My apple trees are horrible about that. Yeah, they um, are. Actually, it's a sign that that tree actually has some stress. Which makes sense because it's my apple trees are kind of stressed. That makes sense. The apple tree, this yeah. is that old apple tree we're still trying to get healthy. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's actually a sign of that. So, but it's good to cut those off because those are going to start pulling a lot of the energy away from the fruit production and of the main part of the tree, the, the, the main trunk. So, yeah, cut those off, get them out of there. You also get leaders. Uh, you get um, some popping ups like um, shoots forming up maybe a few feet away from the tree. It's good to get those out. You also right. get those limbs. Uh, I think you told me you have a tree that's really bad about this, that they'll grow straight up, but they don't produce fruit. They 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 come off this, of your main this limbs. This old apple tree, it gets tons and tons of those ones that grow straight up. And I forget every what those year, are called. Those have a name. I thought water. I thought they were like water leaders or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something like that. You can get rid of those. Those won't produce fruit. Oh, yeah. They're just, yeah. we get, I don't know why this tree produces a lot of them. The other thing I was going to say is we have a tree that's a multi-graft. Mm. So be sure when you're pruning that you don't prune off one of your multigrafts. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I have one that yeah. I think it's three different apples. Yeah, that we have. Yeah. So, so those are so those are just some basics as far as forming the crown. You're raising the crown, lowering the crown, shaping the crown. Now there's a couple of uh, techniques that have been around for just hundreds forever of years, forever and ever. Yep. And that's coppicing and and pollarding. Or pollarding, whichever way you want to say it. How do you say it? I'm not sure how you're supposed well, to say yeah, it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've said it both ways. And and certain trees you can do this with. Certain trees you can't. Right. Well, I'll talk about a few of the common ones that you can do this with. But we'll start with coppicing. Coppicing is is a very traditional method. It's used to manage like woodland areas. Right. Um, like I said, it's been around for hundreds of years, if not thousands. Uh, it's done by trimming the tree or a shrub down to a small stool. Basically a stump. Like a small stump. Right. Um, now, most tree, a lot of trees that would kill, yes, but there are a, a lot, lot of trees, trees that you can do that with, and it's very good. I mean, it actually uh, can <laughs> lengthen the life of trees. Dramatic. Oh, some of them are hundreds and hundreds of years yes. old that they've been doing this to, yeah. and and it it creates, it basically makes that tree trunk bush out. Yeah. So instead of one main trunk, you end up with several. It's kind of what we talked about in the beginning with the fig trees. I was talking about doing a fig tree. Yeah. That's yep. basically what you do. You coppice it down to about a stool, say eight inches high. And then it would basically, it'll it'll put all of its energy into shooting up those, kind of like what we were talking about. You want to cut off like your apple trees, those sprouts that are right. popping up all around the stump. You want that to do that in the coppice when you're coppicing and it shoots up like a bush and it becomes a, like a bush. And this will do a lot of things. It'll produce a lot more wood. Say you're growing willow for the wood production or something like that. Or mulberry, it'll do the same thing. It'll start shooting up. Uh, my mulberry tree out back there has several right. you know, uh, leaves well, coming up off. You the can ground. do this with mulberry for feed too, like yes. for it'll make uh, a bushy a bush instead of a yeah. tree, basically. Yeah, and you get and a lot more leaf product exactly. for feeding animals. You get a lot more wood for crafts or woodwork or whatever you're wanting to do. Firewood, yeah. even. I mean, you, you think about coppicing things like um, black locust for black firewood locust is like amazing. Produces, yeah, yeah, ton. And, and a people ton of do um, people do willow to make those wattle. The yep. waddle or baskets, or like willow baskets. baskets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, some of the more common um, 
trees for for coppicing, hazel, which sycamore is was in this list of things I looked up, which I never even knew I never uh, knew until that I looked that up. But that's one of them: willow, black locust, elder, chestnut, alder, mulberry, ash, and maple. Which maple surprised right. me too. I didn't even know maple was in that. I was, was that surprised list, but... that maple was. Except for out at our property, there was a couple of maple trees yeah. that were cut down and they're growing all well, these all these little branches up out of the stump. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I didn't know that maple was one that people actually practice coppicing with, but yeah, I've had the same experience because I have yeah. one beside my pond that I've cut down to the ground several times <laughs> just, and it just keeps on coming back up bushier than ever. So it does work. I just don't yep. didn't know it was something that was commonly yeah, done with maple. With the maple there. Um, so coppicing, basically, like I said, taking it down to a stump and yep. certain trees. Now, know for sure before you think, well, I'm going to do that with this tree. Know yeah, for sure that your tree, because like, um, there's some trees you do that with are dead. You, you yeah, just I think it. you're going to, if you did that to like a birch or a pine tree, yeah, and, you'd and kill it. The list that we gave is not exhausted. Yeah. There's a lot of more that you can do it with, but those are the common ones. But mm -hmm. know for sure that your tree is able to be coppiced or Plarted either one because both could kill your tree yeah. if you don't uh, if you don't know that your tree can handle this technique. Plarting is is the technique that it's it's more focused on the upper branches of the tree. You're not taking right. it to the ground, but you're basically cutting it very. It's an aggressive prune. Uh, you're taking it down. Say your tree comes up and you have where it starts dividing off, and you have maybe four or five heavy branches that base off that trunk, right? So maybe we're talking like five, six feet tall, and then your tree starts really branching out with these big, heavy branches. Right, yep. You're basically just cutting those branches at however long you want them to be. Yeah, it does not. In a shape. It's not super long because yeah, you want them to do the same thing, but at yep. that tall, but taller. I think when I've done that with the mulberry tree before I actually coppiced it, I was pollarding it first. And I was maybe just letting those branches maybe out a couple feet. And I was yep. just shaped it into almost like a circle with those branches. They were kind of coming out in every direction. And I just cut it a couple feet out. And then what happens is you get all these shoots that come off those, uh, every little, every little, uh, uh, bud on those branches will start budding everywhere. And then you'll get branches just shooting out everywhere. It just from, looks like a porcupine. Yeah. It just basically. comes out from, in every direction. Yep. And I probably got some yep. pictures of that mulberry tree when I first started doing it. Cause it was crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah and, the trees, they just. It's an aggressive cut, but you'll get this really thick, right. dense head of foliage from that. And the reason for that is, well, there's many reasons for it. But you, if you do it up higher and you let the trunk be taller, you keep like your deer out of it. Yeah. If you don't want your goat, if you're running goats on your property, you don't want your goats eating all of it. It just keeps it out yeah. of reach and up higher. Plus, if yeah. you are using that underneath that, it doesn't spread out so far. Right. At the lower levels, some of the benefits are the same as as, as coppicing. Yeah, that you get if you get you can get a more wood production, more leaf production. I mean, it can do a lot of things, but like you said, raises it up out of the reach. It allows that space if you do want to build guilds under there, or like you said, right. run silva pasture, have animals running around. It works great. It's it's really a good technique for it that. It looks a little more. I would say probably a little cleaner too if you're looking for more of like your clean rows of. Yes. trees like if you were doing this yeah. say along your driveway yeah type of thing and yeah. it looks bad when you do it when you first oh do gosh. it it, it looks, looks like really bad it. And <laughs> it looks when it horrible. first starts growing but when they get their nice foliage and everything you get these nice round 
beautiful trees. You know, I mean, it really produces a really nice looking tree um, when it's done right uh, in the summer. <laughs> but there's yes, when the you summer. first do it, it looks horrible. It looks and actually, your the, those branches that you that you you'll keep uh, plarding, they'll get like a big callous knot. They look on like all them. gnarly. Yeah. yeah, they look bad when there's well, no and these ones on. too. I forgot. I was looking, it was probably even two weeks ago that I was looking. I mean, they have found some of these trees, most, they did it a lot over in Europe. I mean, we're talking like six and 800 year old trees yeah. that they did this. It, it, for some reason, something about this resets the trees aging process yeah. and they, they can just live yeah, really, it'll, really, it'll really, really, really long time. The, name, the, the, the length of the, the time your tree can stay alive and it'll make it a lot healthier. I mean, it's less, less disease issues and uh, yeah. just a lot. It, it does a lot for the tree. It really does. Um, now, they're, most of the ones that you could coppice, you could also pollard. Yes. But there are some that can be pollarded that can't be coppiced because right. the coppice, like I said, is an aggressive cut oh, to yeah, the that's ground like, pretty much. Yeah. Um, some of the ones that are more common for for pollarding are ash elm oak mulberry again tulip gum elder again maple beech mm -hmm. lime i mean there's there's more than that but those are some of the common ones that can be um uh, pruned in this aggressive manner so um yeah i mean it's a it's a great technique it's one i practice here with mulberry i mean i'm definitely doing that with the mulberry i'm uh, yeah, the mulberry or coppicing. I have one that I polar and one that I coppice. So the one I coppice oh, okay. is more because of the power lines because I just kick okay. it down. It grows back. It's real bushy. It's the one that's outside of my by my rabbit cages, and I just let that thing just be a bush because it's I want the leaves. That's what I want from that tree. There's one by my back fence that I take it to a a pollard. It's because it's right up against my fence. Uh, I don't want to coppice it because then it would start shooting out underneath right. my fence and coming up on the other side of the fence and it would end up getting tangled into the fence so what i do is i take it to just above the fence and i i pollard it there and that yeah, works and really really well for that tree mulberry trees are a perfect tree to practice using this on because yes. i'm not sure there's much you can do to kill a mulberry and, tree. and things like your your elderberry Perfect. Yeah, you're not going to hurt those. Yeah. You can coppice them or plard them, whichever one you want to do. It's great to practice on those before yeah. you get maybe a little bit can't, more of a sensitive tree. The same with willow. I don't know if there's much you can do to and, get rid of willow. So. Right? Yeah, you yeah. can. And, and people do. They take that down and and they use it or black locust. There's a bunch of them yeah, like you that. Could you could just can do be pretty so many cool with. things. There's actually a, yeah. several books written about like what you can do with the crafts made from coppicing. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I mean, those, these are the techniques that you use. I would say with most of your fruit trees, if they start getting tall, you're probably going to practice topping. You're probably not going to uh, pollard or coppice those. You're going to tree top those at the height you want them. And then you're going to just prune your crowns with most of your right. fruit trees in the way you want to prune them. And then when you're talking about these trees that are going to be more for wood production, leaf production, uh, uh, tree crops, um, uh, maybe you're wanting to use them for thickening up almost like a hedgerow would work good yeah. if you had like a bunch in a, in a privacy and privacy, yeah. things like that. Uh, oh, you know, then you're going to start getting into your, your, uh, plarding and your, uh, coppicing techniques. So that's the, that's the gist of it. I mean, some people will take this so much further and make it even more complicated than it needs to be. Can you do damage if you over prune a crown? You can. 
Yeah. Uh, if you're talking your fruit trees, you could overdo it. You could remove branches that might take a while to recover. Um, you know, pay attention. Generally, like I said, if you practice those techniques of removing the right, the branches that are definitely you don't want first, and then you just shape the tree with your heading by doing the heading, that's fine. Um, almost your fruit trees and stuff. Um, when it starts getting, mo you really can't mess up the poll. If the tree is able to be pollarded or coppiced, worst case scenario, yeah, you took it to a stump and let it grow back. I mean, exactly. It's, yeah. It's hard yeah. to mess that up. You really just can't mess those up. Tree topping. There are some trees that can actually be killed by topping the trees too aggressively. That's why you shouldn't let them get too big sometimes before you do that, because it's actually way more stressful on the tree. Yeah, um, it for sure is. And you might yeah. not get fruit. They because may not of recover. that stress. Yeah. yeah, they may not recover. Um, so, yeah, try to keep them. Like if you've got trees that are two or three years old, try to get on top of that, you know, before they get too old. Because it, it, the, the bigger they get, the more stressful a, a hard prune like that is on them. Right. So that's kind of the the gist of it. I mean, I, like I said, you can get into the weeds on this and you can get way more detailed and way more technical. But this is the, this is what's worked for me for years. And uh, I just don't overcomplicate. I can do, I mean, I've got 20 trees on this property and I can do this all on a weekend on my, uh, yeah, you know, on my property. Yeah, I don't overcomplicate so. it either. It's, I think you just have to make sure that you're not, like you said, over pruning. And when you do prune like trees, you want to make sure you're not make pruning, shaping your tree so that you're ending up with, you know, huge wise so that when they get heavy, they split. There's right. tons of videos out there. There is. There what is. not. Yeah, Most people would say to this it. too. If you think whatever you think is enough, you could probably do more pruning right. because some people tend to under prune, not over prune because they're always afraid to do too much damage to their tree. But the reality is the tree probably needs more pruning than what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, the year we pruned that, we pruned back this apple, this apple tree that we kind of inherited and we, we aggressively pruned it, kind of like what you did with your pear trees. And we just totally, we aggressively pruned it. We babied it that spring and we we fertilized it and just really babied it. But we totally figured, okay, we're not going to get fruit this year. That thing went crazy. It was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us to maybe some resources. There was a couple of uh, YouTube videos added in the yeah. links yeah. on pollarding and coppicing. If you're interested in that, knowing a little bit more about that, um, there there's some great videos on that uh, that we put in the show notes. And there's some great books out there. Oh, there's uh, so many. There, these couple here you mentioned um, in the show notes, the the one by... Uh, you're going to try to pronounce it? Nope. <laughs> I'm not, but you, you put Mark it in there. Mark so. K. Coppice Agroforestry. This is like a <laughs> thick book. I mean, it's 700 pages. I'm still chewing on it. I've been reading I don't have this that book, book, but I want it. I have been reading this book probably for several months. It's probably my slowest read because there's a lot to chew on. It's really, it's, it's like a textbook, really. Yeah. And then and, um, The Civil Pasture by Steve Gabriel. And then I think I added another one. The Holistic Orchard by Michael Phillips is yeah, in there. Yeah, Michael Phillips did a really good job. He has some yeah. videos online, too. He has some yeah. nice videos on YouTube that you can. Just total tree care, not just not just pruning, but just all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, we actually didn't forgot to do our, our book recommendations at the beginning podcast. We, we did. I saw you. And, there, and, that, and then the thing. Say. Yeah. The thing is the one of the books that the, the book I was going to talk about is actually goes right along with this is a great Does book. Does it really? 
for yeah, I was going to recommend Tree Crops, a permanent agriculture oh, yeah. uh, by J. Russell Smith. This I saw book, you wrote a blog post about this. Yeah, I did a little book review on it. Uh, this book was actually written in 1923, 29, yeah. 1929. And yeah. it's still a great book. Very That's a Nicholas book. Ferguson recommendation. It, it was. It, it's a thick book. Look how thick that book is. It's really a good yeah. thick book to tons of information in this book. Uh, it goes along with this because there is like printing techniques and things in here, but it's mostly just about growing trees for crops, crop production, nuts, fruits, leaves, just all the production uh, for livestock and people. It's a, it's a great resource, but it's old. It's been around a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of those old ones are good. Well, that was Oldies my book recommendation goodies. for the day. Well, mine actually. was not... Mine was not about trees, but it is about homesteading. There you go. Um, my book is called, I, I don't know if you've ever read this, but it's called Hard Times in Paradise. I've An never American heard Families of it. American Families Struggle to Carve Out a Homestead in California's Redwood Mountains. Uh, so how yeah. I learned about this book is these people were, um, they have another book about homeschooling. Okay. And so that's how I heard about this family. Now, um. Anyways, I really, really, this book is really, really interesting. They have four boys and um, they, they just kind of totally how, go how and carve old is a that book? home. They go and carve a homestead out in the middle of the redwood forest. I think it's 1970, 1973. Okay. I love I love books like that. I love the stories of just how people yeah, did it. Yeah, and know? there's and, pictures in here of they they built houses and they kind of went with whatever they're so. A couple of the boys were theirs biologically. A couple were um, adopted. People might be interested in their other book about homeschooling. They unschooled their kids. And um, mm -hmm. all four of their boys got accepted into Harvard. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. One of them actually served. I, I stopped following them a long time ago, but one of them, I believe, served, either served or worked on the House floor in the Senate. Wow. So you just, but they, um, but the home, the homesteading book, both of their books were good. But this homesteading book was just—it's just really fun. It just I, I, kind of follows I love them building the a homestead, autobiographies, and yeah, yeah. I love them. it's been a while since I read it. And when I was looking at my bookshelf for a book to recommend today, I ran across it. I'm like, you know, I need to read that again because when I read this, <laughs> all we had was just a small garden. Yeah, and and now we have a lot more. So yeah. yeah find stuff in there now that'll speak to you that yeah. didn't speak to you the first time yeah right right great yeah. recommendation so. i'll have to get that book because i think that sounds like that'd be a great read i love i just love books like that so i, I didn't even i've never even heard of that one so that's a good one yeah it's uh, interesting i think he may have written i think that he may have written other books too um I think well, we have written, Google he might have written like so three or four we'll of them out. he was a college professor <laughs> i believe his wife also was so. Well, we'll have the links to both of those books in the, the show, no show yeah. notes, as well as the other ones that were mentioned about um, about trees, about all the things you need to know about pruning your trees. So lots of great resources out there, folks. There's there's tons of videos. There's tons of books. There's tons of resources out there on uh, on fruit trees and everything. I think yeah. I think most of them probably overcomplicate it just a little. <laughs> yeah, I think we get but, fear. We get um 
you know, that fear well, because we're going to kill stuff. So we just, when it comes to a tree, I understand the fear a little bit more. It's not expensive. like you mess up a, you yeah. mess up some annual thing. You try again next yeah. year, kill your tree. That was a big investment of time and money for years. And, right. and I get the fear. I get the, yeah. you know, it's expensive. Uh, it's yeah, an expensive it. lesson yeah. if you kill one. Yeah. yeah. So generally with the, what we talked about today, there's really not any risk of that. If you do a little bit of homework and you don't try to do the wrong kind of pruning to the wrong kind of, the, you know, the wrong kind of tree. Um, but generally just your basic crown work, as long as you don't get too crazy with that, you're not going to hurt your tree. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. Just if you remove the branches, we kind of talked about and shape it just a little bit. It's going to be great for you. Where you start getting into the the risk is when you do aggressive topping or yes. parting or coppicing the wrong kind of tree. So other than that, you're pretty safe. Um, but do a little homework. Make sure you know what you're doing on your tree. Because like I said, stone fruits are going to be different than apple trees, than pear trees. I mean, everything's going to be a, you know, there's suggestions on how best to shape trees for the best fruit produ production. Like I said, my peach tree I prune completely different than I do my pear trees because right. it just does better when you kind of let it sprawl way out um, versus the the pear trees. They don't need that. They do great, more of a traditional round shape. So a pear tree uh, and my apple trees, they just do what they want. <laughs> I don't I can't explain them. Things are crazy. Some yeah, of them lean over, some of them twist and turn. They're gnarly and Twisty yeah. and turny. Yeah. They got to do, you can try to shape those as best you can. They're still kind of going to go with the way they want to go, but uh, you can it, mostly I prune those for um, the disease issues because you want good airflow in your apple trees. Yeah. So that's the, I, I give up trying to shape them as much as I just try to keep it opened up to where they can get. Yeah. Good I just try to keep mine not getting super tall. Yeah. Height and yeah. airflow are your main concerns with those. So we won't keep uh, uh, carrying on with all this. Uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, till next time, happy homesteading. God bless. And grow where you're planted. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I want to flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free It's a modern homestead Build a modern homestead A lot of folks don't understand why I this way they've never eaten from their land like we do here every day snapping beans like grandma did sitting on her front porch hunting and fishing like a kid once you've done all of your chores it's a modern homestead Today